One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome back to another Happy Pod, or welcome for the first time, all are welcome in the house of podcasting. My name is Nathan, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host Lawrence Thomas Heisey, the worst man in the world. How are you today, sir? I'm good, despite the fact that you've been, as you just stated before we recorded, that you've been itching for a fight with me all day today. Yeah, well, I've, I've had enough of your shenanigans. <laughs> sorry, so. sorry about my shenanigans. Other than furious with me, how are you? Yes, I am okay, but enough about me, Lawrence. Please, why don't you tell everyone what the show is. Actually, I'll do it because I'll be much more efficient. So, Lawrence, this is a show where we talk about our love of pop culture, which is things like movies, TV shows, video games, etc. And we try to focus on them in a much more positive way. We don't always succeed, but as we often say, we do have a good time doing it, regardless. That is that is the show. That's the show. <laughs> That's what we do. And it always feels so organic when we say it the same every week, doesn't it? Yeah. It always yeah, just it feels does. like it rolls off the tongue. No special guests this week. So for those returning from um, our, our, our most popular episode ever last week, um, welcome. Ben's not here. But you're staying for us. That's right. You came back. If you're even listening to this, it means that you've at least bothered to come back or you've been here all along. And you never know who might show up at any time, okay? So, have, have you planned a surprise guest? You've done this before. I have done this before. I haven't done that today. We are here. We are uh, queer. <laughs> and we're here to talk about musicals, which we love. We love a musical on this podcast. Well, I do. Lawrence hates anything that's remotely fun. So let's uh, do a question. Another happy question. Right, so if you don't know... Um, 
basically what we do on this is we watch the thing um, and then I go away and I think sometimes about three seconds before we hit record, sometimes not, sometimes I care, about a, a hypothetical question to pose to Nathan and all the special guests that may or may not be coming in in this episode. There's no special guests once again. I just just want to squash that and nip that in the bud right now. No, no, no. There we'll is no we'll confirm it at the end that there's no guest once they've okay. waited. And basically I come up with a hypothetical question to pose to Nathan who then has the time it takes for us to finish recording this podcast to then answer the question to me at the end. Great. Uh, so this week's question, Nathan, um, we're, so we, we're doing Les Mis, um, Les Miserables. Well done, good joke. I've wanted to say it for so long and I know it's not funny, but I still did it. Hugh Jackman, uh, he got done for bread stealing and then he he, he was on a, a bit of a, a bit of a run for, for doing parole skipping, which I've said is not actually that bad in the grand scheme of things. Now, in the spirit of you wanting to fight me today, I've given you, I've thrown you a small bone and I've allowed you time at the end to use this question however you please. What is the smallest grievance you have with me? So something quite minor that I do that would annoy you enough to begin a decade-spanning manhunt for me, so much so that it annoys you to the extent where failing capturing me, you would rather kill yourself by way of Russell Crowe falling into some sort of thing. And I can only pick one? <laughs> Yeah, it has to, no, I, I tell you what, in the spirit of Hugh Jackman stealing bread and skipping parole, you can pick two things. Let me just get out of this book. Here. <laughs> he's pulled out a book, he's really got one. Right, we're doing Les Mis. We do love a, we do love a musical on this, don't we? On this show. We've done, we've done many musicals. Uh, the last two of which also starred Amanda Seyfried, which apparently I say wrong according to TikTok. Yeah, I've seen people mugging you off for that. <laughs> I'm not the only one who pronounces names wrong on TikTok, Lawrence. And mine's not racist. Oh, come so. on. Mine wasn't racist either. <laughs> wasn't Jesus racist. fucking Christ. You've been cancelled on TikTok. I know his name, okay? <laughs> I know his name. Well, you should have said it. <laughs> I, left, I, I, I fumbled my words. What can I do? Right. Why did you choose this? This was your. This is one of your picks that you added to the list. Why did you want to revisit Les Mis? I was just listening to the soundtrack one day, as I often do. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, this is good. We should... I, I actually went, I kind of want to watch Les Mis again. Uh, and then I was like, well, I can't waste content, obviously. I'm watching <laughs> something that's going to be for a purpose. Imagine enjoying <laughs> something just because. <laughs> I know. I'm incapable of doing that now. So I thought, why not just uh, just do it on the pod? Yeah. And then I'll get you to watch it as well, and no doubt you'll hate everything about it, and then we can talk about it. I actually thought the reason why you might have done this is to bring Tom Hooper back into the good books. Oh, no. <laughs> no look, Tom Hooper's never getting into the good books again. Okay, and while I like this movie... Tom Hooper is not the reason that I like this movie. Okay, and he, in this movie, he's still in my bad books. Oh, okay. Do you do you know? Look, do you know about the behind the scenes stuff? Because I I don't have a fucking clue about any of that. Oh, not really. Just no. I'm more talking. About he's his. still a bad guy. <laughs> is he a bad guy? Yeah, he did cats. Um, <laughs> so that yeah, that's he's, reason he's enough. He's a war criminal enough for that alone. No, but he didn't. He didn't. He make a. He made a whole bunch of pe like VFX artists crunch on cats and then. Like oh yeah probably yeah probably. some some I mean look maybe maybe that's all hearsay maybe that's you know should come with a little asterisk I don't know but it sounds VFX artist getting shunned sounds likely none of that is well that's that's all bad let me be clear that's all very bad but none of that is the reason why I have issues with Tom Hooper what's your what's your Tom Hooper 
issue specifically for this movie. But no, all his movies. Oh, okay. But um, look, I have zero experience when it comes to directing and shooting a movie. So the last thing I should be doing is telling someone how to direct and shoot a movie. But let me go ahead. So, <laughs> of course, yeah. Every single one of Tom Hooper's shots are like this. Just imagine a big fucking empty space here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right? Just look at, look at that. Just a big fuck off <laughs> empty space. And then just me like this, all right? It's it's called widescreen, Tom. Use the fucking camera, you dickhead. Don't just shove the actor into the corner of the fucking shot in literally every scene. It is quite egregious. There's a lot of... Um, something that I feel like doesn't get focused on, you know, because you know Kenneth Branagh gets trashed on for the, the Dutch angles in Thor because there's a lot of spinning camera stuff going on there. Some Dutch angles in this. There it? are some Dutch angles in this, but yeah, I noticed that kind of halfway through I went because I noticed every single shot, my focus was being pulled to like an extra just walking in the background who was blurred and I couldn't see them but I was like yeah. why am I noticing that <laughs> yeah yeah it's because in and it's not just this movie that's Tom Hooper's style he yeah. did it in the Kingsman as well he was always looking at not Kingsman uh the Kings something speech yeah. yeah, King's Speech. He's always fucking looking at Colin Firth's head or whatever. And there's just a big gap here. So, <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure he did it in Cats too, but I've blocked that from my memory. Yeah. I think we were both... Didn't we both have a few beers before watching Cats anyway? Well, not me. I don't drink. I know for a fact you had a few drinks because you said it on the podcast. I'm sure you'd had a few drinks. Did I? I think you had to to get through it because you were seething and I'm almost certain I remember you saying you needed a few to get through it. Maybe that was the last time I had a drink. <laughs> Maybe. So this time Tom Hooper <laughs> didn't bring you to uh, to break your no alcohol streak. You enjoyed no, this. No, because I, I I enjoy this movie and that's, that's mainly because I enjoy Les Mis. Like, whoever directed this movie, I would have... Well, not whoever. Brett Ratner. Joss Whedon. No, no, no. no. Oh, no, Marius has fallen on Cosette's boobs. <laughs> no! <laughs> what a great joke. This a blinding gag. <laughs> that being said, there are still some good shots and it is still well directed. I just don't think I like his visual style, really. That's fine. Can You is it? You can yeah. get past it for the movie, though, right? Yeah, well, for the most part. Yeah, it's one of them where I really enjoy what's happening. I wish I didn't have to look at it like this. Like, if you were in a room <laughs> watching something... If you were in a... Basically, put it... The way I can describe this style, the visual style, is if you've got tickets to your favourite film ever, or play, whatever, you're, you're in the audience to, to enjoy something, but the only ticket you could get was in the front row at the very end of one of the aisles. <laughs> no, somehow it's on the stage. Like, right at the end. You're in the wing. You're the stage manager watching the play <laughs> through the wings. Nothing is being performed to you. It is all off-center. <laughs> Very yeah. unusual. I, I'm interested to know your thoughts on this. On both Les Miserables, the musical, and Les Miserables, the 2012 movie directed by Tom Hooper. Never seen the musical. I've seen a lot of the musical in terms of like I've heard the I've heard the tunes. I've seen a poster of a girl's face many times. <laughs> you can't you can't go anywhere in London without seeing that poster somewhere. Yeah. Um. I'd never seen this either. Uh, as in the You'd movie. Never seen it. I'd never seen it. No. It, like I said, musicals are a blind spot, and I like to think if anything is happening on this podcast, it's you slowly opening my mind. To musical enjoyment because you've introduced me to In the Heights, Hamilton, not Mamma Mia. I 
I didn't introduce you to Mamma Mia, but I... Mamma Mia does not count. Mamma Mia does... <laughs> it does not count as a musical. I would okay? argue it does. I, I know that's elitist and snobby of me, because it's a jukebox musical, but still, it does not count. You brought me to Chicago. Not the not the place. Not a deep crust pizza. A deep dish. It's a deep dish oh, it's pizza. A deep, oh, fuck the joke as well. You um, had them hooched it again. <laughs> we, also, we also got angry... Uh, um, Hugh Jackman been a terrible person in uh, The Great Showman, um, yeah. and then of course we we did Cats as well. And I think that's all the musicals we've done. That's the best way to sum up my opinion with this, right? This movie. Oh no! No 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 no! We're 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 on a, we're on a good track here. This movie, if it does anything, it's just further reaffirm my hatred for The Greatest Showman because because if Hugh Jackman can't save it, then who the fuck could have done? Because in this movie, it's bangers. Every everyone's everyone's doing good. Like Hugh Jackman's there doing great stuff. Yeah, I mean, yeah. This we'll get there. We'll get there. So Hugh Jackman's doing his stuff. Anne Hathaway kills it. Yeah, it steals her the whole show. her whole Hathaway in the role. Uh, oh, <laughs> no, she but she's good. Um, she well, she's brilliant in it. She's she's like one of the favorite parts of it, and she's barely there. This is another thing. I feel like socially, so you think she was like the main character. Right here, here, here we go with this. Socially, I feel like just in terms of what I've seen from this movie, I have. I'd like to put it out there. This is kind of a me thing because I haven't seen trailers. I haven't outwardly gone out of my way to look at the musical. But iconic imagery that springs to mind when someone says "Les Mis" is Anne Hathaway with a shaved head and that girl. Either the girl from the actual movie, who bears a striking resemblance to the girl on the poster. When you say the poster, you mean the uh, the drawing of the girl, and not just the same girl on a movie. No, 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 yeah, the drawing, the, <laughs> the drawing of the girl. She yeah. looks really similar to that girl. <laughs> she, looks, she looks really similar to that artist rendering of the. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, no, no. But so right, so both of those things, not really, mm. not really what the movie is about. I was led to believe yeah. that this was kind of. What's her name? Cosette? Cosette? Cosette, yeah. I thought this was her story. I thought she was the main character. I thought we'd be following her for most of it. No, she's like a minor character, really. Yeah. Well, not a minor character, but... What I certainly wasn't expecting <laughs> was Hugh Jackman and Russell Crowe just having a sing-off. It's just two guys just following each other around <laughs> France for like fucking 30 years. Yeah. I'm gonna get you. No, you're not. <laughs> and that's, that's what the movie... I, like, I... Also, France apparently is like four meters wide. Like, <laughs> go somewhere else, you. It's yeah. a big country. Like, you don't have to stay in the same town. But saying that Russell <laughs> Russell Crowe does have kind of a supernatural ability to be there, he's got yeah. basically he has a strong whiff of any street brawl or altercation that arises because he'll always creep out the shadows and be like, "What's going on here? Is someone <laughs> scrapping?" <laughs> <laughs> there was a moment when I was watching this that really made me laugh. It's just when Eddie Redmayne has, has fallen, in, has gone to see Amanda Seyfried, and then Eponine is outside and she screams to like alert the presence. So her dad, Sasha Baron Cohen, for some reason, doesn't mug Hugh Jackman's house or whatever. Yeah. Um, so that happens. He hears the scream, and then he's up on his feet, and he's like, "What was that? A woman screaming? Javert's coming! <laughs> yes, Javert!" <laughs> We gotta go. Get your shit. Get your fucking. Get your boots on with. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah, there's, there's a, there are a few conveniences in this. Um, right. Anyway, let's not jump ahead too far. I like it. Yes. I really, really like it. Um, it's not like it's not all hits for me in terms of not just like songs, but in terms of I think there's some plot elements that are a bit like let's let's condense this a smidgen. 
um, some some stuff that goes on a bit more interesting than others. But ultimately, I thought this was mm. a good time, and I can see why people that like musicals like to sing this because it's it's a it's a talking man's musical isn't it yeah to its detriment in, in some places yeah i think but yeah some very good songs some very catchy songs i thought that you wouldn't like this <laughs> because i thought that it wouldn't necessarily be relatable to you because it's all about like revolution and like the poor overthrowing the rich and taking on bridge with the, the wealthy extravagant lifestyles that they lead and you'd like you grew up in a castle so <laughs> no, i i thought that it like it, you wouldn't be able to relate to any of these characters who are like why don't they just buy more stuff or something yeah that's so. that's me i famously don't understand wealth distribution and i, I oh, right growing up I was not rich. I've seen your way. childhood home. It was, yeah, but it's not right. It's, and I mean, it's in London. The what? Right. As well. the, it's outside of London. It's twenty minutes away from central London, which is in London. Yeah, I know. But that right. You've put me in a box, and you know you have, because I can't defend myself without everyone listening being like, "What a fucking snob!" Yeah, I did. I didn't grow up rich in any stretch, by any means. You earn more money than me. You? Yes, I earn more money than you. Right. Okay. But you're also in a dual income household. Oh, you love this, don't you? You love to I throw this do, my yeah. way. Your household earns a lot more money than me. It's because there's two of money. us. Well, yeah, but there you go. But you're living more lavishly than me. Lavish. My rent's my rent is going to be twice as much as well. It's not because my rent's cheap as fuck. But your like, current it, rent, <laughs> your current rent is about a hundred pound more than the half of my rent that I pay. Exactly. But then you, but then council tax and bills and everything like that. That's all fucking double what you pay. All right. So the, when we work it out, we might pay maybe the same. Audience, we're about to have a two-minute discussion. We'll come back to you in a second. <laughs> Right, thanks for being patient. Where we just skipped there when me and Nathan declared uh, uh, <laughs> each of us how much we pay in monthly outgoings. I am above him by about forty quid or so. Um, yes. So we've we've agreed that Nathan, um, Nathan, and I don't live two different lifestyles. We 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 are mostly surviving by the same means. You also live in like a a bigger house. Like I live in a flat. You live in like a big house. I've, your yours place isn't small. It's got two bedrooms, just like my. Oh, I've got three bedrooms. All right, whatever, fine. Fuck. And and you have three bedrooms, and there's two of you who live in one bedroom. So you have two spare bedrooms. <laughs> one's an office. One's an office space. <laughs> and this is my office, so I have no spare bedrooms. Fine, whatever. Look, I can still appreciate the theme of a movie, but but right, but to, get, to, to <laughs> that was you can cut all of that. I know way. that was a very long tangent. But the point the point is. That you're a Tory and you cannot relate <laughs> to the working class. All right, I, I, I've been mostly joking with that, but I don't think you've ever been working class. I will say that. That's fine. I'll accept it. I'll give you this. Hamilton took me a while, but Hamilton was an easier sell because hip hop and fun beats. Hamilton did take you a while. I remember you bullying me in uni for listening to Hamilton. <laughs> yeah, I, I did do that. That's true, yeah. And now, now I'm vibing in the car. To, to... <laughs> exactly. Um, no, but so so it did um, It did take me a while to get around to Hamilton, but that had, you know, the, the hip-hop beats in it. It was from a different time period. I was like, eh, I'm not sure how I feel about it. I mean, I mean, I wouldn't have watched this movie if you hadn't said we were doing it on the podcast, which made me watch it. I, I, it's not something I would just put on. That being yeah. said, it did open my eyes to a fun time. Um, um, 
But like I said, I don't think it's I don't a think fun it's time. A, fu- a fun time. Yeah, no. boys getting killed in the street. I, right now, the working class being crushed. Lawrence is like, yes, I understand. I understand this isn't the best argument to make after the conversation we've just had. But what did they fucking expect? Oh come on, <laughs> no. Right, all right. Do you know what? We're here anyway, so I'll just say it. I feel like there's a point in the movie. Where that little boy, who is for some reason inexplicably British... Well, everyone's inexplicably British. It's true. I feel like there was a point in the movie where he went, Oh no, one of the one of the lads' morales is, has dipped. I reckon it's time for me <clears throat> to reignite the movie's central theme and core. And I will do that. Nothing gets the troops' morale boosted. Like me going and just killing myself. Yeah. And he does just literally... He get he gets up and goes, Can you hear the people sing? And then just walks over the barricade and gets shot. And like, what were you fucking expecting? Yeah. Why did anyone let him get that far? <laughs> like, it, it, is, it is very strange because he does very... He does seemingly just wander straight into gunfire for no real discernible reason. And it is, and I think it is because it's like the movie needs something to reignite the, the guy's morale here. And it, they need to be angry about the death of a child. But the child died because the child was a fucking idiot. I like the moment when he stood up and went, you know, because basically they're all like, shall we sack this off? And then he gets up. He's the, he's the boy surrounded by men. And he's the only one to stand up and sing their, their victory cry, their song that instills hope in the people. I love that. And then he went, time for me to go and get shot. And yeah. he just does. Like, you just said it yourself. He just walks over the thing, seemingly for no reason to die. And it's because okay. the movie knows that he needs to die so that they can get their characters back on back on the side. That, but yes, Gavroche is very, you said it, he is very inexplicably British. Everyone is very British, <laughs> which I get. It's, it's that classic Hollywood thing. Oh, it's old-timey and it's not America, so everyone is British. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. Um, even though it's in France, but whatever. Um, and n- none of that really bothers me apart from Gavroche because he's just so fucking cockney. Yeah. He is just like up to his eyeballs dripping in apples and pears, that kid. So, yeah. Like we um, we spoke about this on the um, on the Hobbit podcast. Sometimes when you ask a child actor to do a voice, you're probably better off just having not asked them in the, in the first place. Did we talk about that on the Hobbit? Yeah, those kids that go around going, da, da. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it doesn't sound right. And this kid clearly is classically trained because he has a major speaking role in a movie with Hugh Jackman in the lead. He's a good actor. Yeah, he's fine. It would have been far less distracting if he just kind of spoke in a more relaxed voice rather than, oh, hello, boys, blah, 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 blah. I'm eight years old and I'm... I think they've just gone, what's a working class accent? Yeah. Let's, let's, it's... With working class accents, you get two options. You get very, you get very Cockney Southern, or you get very Northern. Those are your two options for working class. Yeah. And this movie, fucking boy, does it dip into both? Like it will, <laughs> yeah. it will go hard on both of those accents. Um, <laughs> France has never been so diverse. <laughs> Speaking of weird Hollywood choices, yeah. this is the movie that inexplicably kicked off Eddie Redmayne's career. Was this the one? I thought it was Fantastic Beasts, no? No, this was way before Fantastic Beasts. I didn't, uh, yeah, but I didn't know he was like a household name at this point. I, no, I thought um, The Theory of Everything kicked off his career. This, when was, was, before fa- this was before Theory of Everything. That's where I know him from blowing up, but clearly, well, I never saw this. But you didn't see this. Yeah. So. <laughs> there you go. I don't like him. Yeah, I was going to say, where are you at with... <laughs> right. I don't like him. I... Th- I, one of my notes is Eddie Redmayne can act. It's good. I think yeah. he does well. I th- right, I, t- I tell you what. He, he can act. He can obviously act because 
he he's very rich and he went to Rana <laughs> and he's classically trained and he's like fucking he has generational wealth. Nathan, we're all rich and have generational wealth. <laughs> and he also played a, a trans woman and got critical acclaim and fucking <laughs> um got nominated for an Oscar. Yeah. So I remember that. You know, that's that's great stuff, isn't it? Was that the the Danish woman? The Danish girl? The Danish, Danish woman? Something like that. The Danish someone. Yeah, uh, My pastry Danish. Um, okay. <laughs> another one there. Another one for the scrap. There. <laughs> um, I've got, like, I told you my first note is Eddie Redmayne can act. The second one, you know, pertaining to any Redmayne, uh, is Eddie Redmayne always looks like he's been stung by a bee when he sings in this. Why is he moving his mouth like that? Yeah. You know how difficult it is to just be handed a chair and a room and be told, crack on with it. And he has moments yes. where it's, a lot of people will do in this film, where it's just them in a space singing and they have they have to hold a tune and it's difficult to carry emotion while you're holding a tune. Like singing musicals are one thing, but talking musicals are even weirder. Basically, I think he pulls it off a lot more than someone else does in this movie. And that would be Russell Crowe. We're bouncing around between actors here. Yeah. So uh, I, I will say Eddie Redmayne, I don't like him. <laughs> I don't think he's good, <laughs> and and I don't like him. In Do you this not movie. like that he's vaguely autistic in um, in Harry Potter? In Harry in Potter, not Harry Potter, in not Harry, in not Potter. Harry Potter. Yeah, <laughs> no, because again, but they just won't confirm it. it. They, they won't exactly, confirm it. It's yeah. classic Harry Potter. They'll never fucking confirm any form of diversity. They'll just put vague hints in there and say. Oh yeah, <laughs> maybe. Yeah, they'll they'll go. Give us the token points for this, and then a decade later, J.K. Rowling will write a piece on it and go, "Oh no, it definitely is a thing," and I fucking hate it. J.K. Rowling, oh, no. <laughs> J.K. writing a fucking ten-page critical essay on on why fucking Newt Scamander is the autistic <laughs> king that everyone deserves. <laughs> Representation matters. <laughs> Okay. And no one knows that more than J.K. Rowling. <laughs> she, she says it matters, and it matters to her a lot, because it fucking does her head in, and she hates it. But <laughs> when someone tweeted at her and asked why there was no Jewish characters in Harry Potter, and she replied, um, Brett Goldstein or something, who appears in, like, one line of one book, so joke's on you. The worst thing was the phrasing of that as well. It was like... It was like, Brett Goldstein, Jewish wizard. Like, that was his business card. Like, I'm pretty sure Brett Goldstein is who plays Roy Kent, isn't it? I think you're right, yeah. <laughs> it was something Goldstein. <laughs> to be honest, swap it out with any stereotypical Jewish name. And she. Yeah. I remember once being like, was Harry Potter that kind of, like, weird? Like, was there always kind of laced racism and kind of xenophobic I think I know where you're going to go yeah messages messages with this like was was that always the case at which point Nathan said two words to me that reaffirmed everything and I've been on the side since Uh, and those two words were Kingsley Shacklebolt yeah (laughs) I knew that's where I was going and I and I just went oh (laughs) yeah that's not good is it (laughs) reading those books back in my castle when I was younger clearly I didn't pick up on it um, yeah, uh, oh, good. And we're not talking about Harry Potter anyway. Um, <laughs> I don't like Eddie Redmayne, but you don't like Russell Crowe, right? It's not fair on any actor to be put in a sing-off with Hugh Jackman. It's no, it's not. And that's that's my main thing. When Russell Crowe is just Russell Crowe in about, he steals yeah. every scene he's in. You know, he's breaking up fights, and he he enters the room. He's <clears> a, he enters the the, the the nondescript France street. Um, <laughs> it's diagonal. Oh, it's diagonal. <laughs> 
fuck? I don't, I don't know if you know it, but it is actually. <laughs> is it really? Alley. Yeah, they they just redressed it. It is Diagon Alley. Oh yeah. my god. Okay, good. <laughs> It just, maybe they forgot one scene. This is way too Harry Potter focused, this podcast. Mm. Imagine if in one scene they just forgot and there's Fred and George's big Muppet taking <laughs> off the hat thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Just raising the top hat up. Um, <laughs> that would be fun and out of place. Uh, no, there's. I, I like the way he kind of like creeps himself around corners and he's like, who's scrapping? What's going on? And like, it's, it's always good. It's always fun. And he does, you know, the scenes where he enters the room um, after after Hugh Jackman has escaped parole, they're, they're like you're waiting for the penny to drop, and it seemingly mm. never does. Those are good moments, and he plays them really well. But when you put him in a scene where you the movie the movie is putting these two characters at odds, I like Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe's a good actor, but I would argue in this, Hugh Jackman is a talent vacuum that steals the scene in every so, single one he shares. Russell Crowe is an actor who clearly enjoys historical period pieces and he loves getting his teeth into like a really meaty character piece where he can dive into history and explore this very complex character who's obviously quite flawed and there's a lot of layers to him Russell Crowe will eat that shit up and he's very good at it yeah Hugh Jackman will kill his own mother to be in a musical (laughs) (laughs) Hugh Jackman Hollywood keeps trying to make him a big scary action man but he just wants to sing his little songs and be in a musical okay so true isn't it he fucking loves it more than anything and when you have two people like that in a scene together the fact that it is both of those things the musical outweighs the like period drama thing so Hugh Jackman comes out on top yeah. in all of that um, and and that's good because Hugh Jackman is fucking great he's incredible he's good at the Hollywood scary action man Wolverine is incredible but it's not what he wants to do no. he just wants to sing his little songs and boy can he Russell Crowe can't sing his little songs no he can't <laughs> okay he Look, I don't think he's as bad as everyone makes out and likes a joke. There are some some stuff which actually quite works for him. When it's like more understated and stuff, yeah. it, it works. But when he like tries to go for the elongated notes and all that sort of stuff, it's it's a bit rough. I will say, I don't think it's as bad as fucking uh, James Bond in Mamma Mia. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I'd definitely agree with that, yeah. That, yeah, they're, they're, they're kind of a good two shining examples of like, we hired this guy because of the numbers he'll bring mm. to the to the theatres. We kind of forgot that he has a few bangers to sing. <laughs> and we're gonna yeah. we're gonna give it our guess. And it look it's it's not helped by the whole like singing live on the set thing. Yeah. Um it's not because that anything Russell Crowe, he would have been so he would he would have been saved from a lot of online taunting if this movie had an audio pass where someone touched up those notes a lot, um, or at least more so than they did. I see what you're saying, but then I also think there's times where that works in the movie's favour, where yeah. it's, it's not as polished and, and uh, as as some musicals are. It's, it's quite rough and real, and there's one moment when Anne Hathaway perfectly performs I Dreamed a Dream, and it's just one shot of the entire thing. Oh. It's literally just the camera on her face. Yeah. Fucking incredible. But there's one moment where she like literally has a panic attack while she's singing. Yeah. And she can't like get the words out. And like I, I'd think you'd kind of lose a bit of that if it was like polished and oh, you, sort of stuff. Like don't get me wrong, this is an experimental mm. way of doing uh doing a, a kind of movie musical. 
Um, and it and it absolutely works more than it doesn't. Like, yeah. and 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 it's at its strongest naturally when you have incredibly talented singers like Amanda Seyfried, Amanda. <laughs> I was just going to list another Amanda. There's only one Amanda <laughs> in this. Um, Amanda Seyfried, Hugh Jackman, um, and Anne Hathaway in particular. You, just an, another side point. I know I've already said it. She fucking crushes this. Like nails it. It's, she it's, steals the whole show. Yeah, it's, and it's it's clear to see why she won the Oscar for this movie. Yeah, absolutely. She's in it for like ten minutes, if that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, and she fucking stole the show. But look, like you're absolutely right. Russell Crowe. There are some. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. It would be useful if the movie stopped putting a camera so close to his face yeah. when he is singing. You're killing him, man. You're leaving him wide open for criticism. And and he is good. Like you said, he sinks his teeth into the role. He he is a very also, very. Sometimes you can see the shadow of the camera on people's faces. Yeah, you can. Sometimes maybe take a step back, Tom. <laughs> You know, <laughs> it's. I think it's a worthwhile price to pay for when the camera is not being annoying and Tom Hooper esque. It's yeah. it's well done. It's. I like the one takes. I like the you know the sprinting down the road scene where the camera is following them and it's shaky, but it's also it feels free. The one shot that stands out in particular is the um where Hugh Jackman goes fuck being poor on a big hill um and the camera pans out and it's it's clearly mounted to like some sort of drone or helicopter or something. Um, oh, right, and it's and it's cool, and it and it looks really good. I think I think it's it's a crane. I don't think that's a real hill. I think it was mostly CG. Oh, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Oh, either way, cool visual trick, and <clears throat> it looks cool. Yeah. Um, one thing that I love about this is it's finally a Hugh Jackman movie period piece that explains why he is built like a brick shit house. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was going to say they worked in his Wolverine super strength. They did to the story, and it's almost like you can see the penny drop when Russell Crowe. Like whenever I. You know, misplace someone's name in my head. I, I go, can you just lift up a wooden beam real quick? I'm like, it might, it might make something click for me. No, I like the fact that it's, um, yeah, because he, the fucking, um, no one's that. What, what the fuck could he possibly be eating? Oh, yeah. Right, apparently. Where, yeah, just, just too much bread. Too much bread, and it's made him literally the size of a fucking house. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I just like the fact that the movie came up with a reason for it. In the opening scene, uh, Russell Crowe tells him to go retrieve the flag. The flag. So he goes, "All right, I'll go pick up this big fucking ship then." Shall I? <laughs> I thought that was that's kind of like um, my dick's bigger than yours moment. I took that as. Oh really? Yeah, well, maybe. I think because he was standing over, he's you know, fancy man in his uniform, and he went, "Go retrieve the flag," and he went, "Not oh, fucking lift this massive pole, you stupid prick!" <laughs> Look at this. Um, I think it was a clever moment of like. He knows that his time is about to be served. This is his last mm. um, <laughs> shift, if you call it that. Um, this is his last day in 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 kind of slavery, um, and I, I like. I think it was kind of like just intended as a reminder. I could, I could one punch you into the grave. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's how I took it. I don't know, maybe. But you're right. I would have just picked up the actual flag. <laughs> yeah, I just I just unhooked it. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Didn't have to carry this big thing, but you know that um that opening in general, nothing has won me over quite as quick in a movie. Oh really? Yeah, I loved it. I turned it on. You know me, and you know I enter yeah. things with a, a with a touch of um cynicism and and skepticism, right? A touch, a touch, yes. A bucket, yeah. It's true. It's true. Um, just thinking, that, you know, that meme. It's like God when He made me, and it's just pouring in film cynicism. Um, 
but yeah, I just the the music build up. Like I don't even think the song was anything that special, but it was just the sheer scale of just fucking like couple hundred fucking blokes all built like tanks just fucking pulling in a ship and it's like half half turn and they're kind of pulling it back up and then Russell Crowe somehow is more physically imposing than a hundred men pulling a ship just because he looks so threatening and yeah it's good stuff got me he's got a nice blue coat he looks nice. He looks nice in quite a lot of this. He's got some good uniforms. His uniform's always changing, though. He's got a new uniform, like, every day. He refreshes it for every street <laughs> brawl he stops. <laughs> he's he's yeah. like, scuff that one. Oh, Sasha Baron Cohen spat on this one. I'm, I'm going to have to... Uh... Where are you at with them two? Get me a new hat. Um, the Fernandias, or whatever they're called. The, the, uh, the innkeeper and his wife. The masters of the house. Indeed. Um, bit of fun. Uh, fun recurring characters, so obviously you're going to despise them. <laughs> um, um, I, I like them. They they add a bit of much needed levity, I I would say, throughout the movie because it is very drab. Let's say it's yeah. it's it's two and a half hours of I'm dying, you're dying. I I now have a daughter. I we're spending our life on the run. Everyone in France is dying. The king's dead. There's now a revolution. We're all dead. Everyone's dying. So it is nice to just have a little bit of, oh, I'm going to steal some stuff and look at me, I'm a silly little boy. And that sort of thing. But please tell me why you hate them. I hate to play into this. <laughs> right? This is an ongoing joke that you I have. I fucking knew and you no, 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 no. Right, right. you got to hear me out. I know that this is birth from truth. I know that I didn't, you know, you didn't just come up with this. <laughs> I'm being rightfully picked on and I understand why. There are moments I think it's good and necessary levity, like you said. And there are other moments where I'm like, oh, this is nothing to me. I don't care about this. <laughs> Get on with it. The movie's two and a half hours in and they've come to say hello at the wedding. Fuck off. It doesn't like, go away. You're not in it. I like, there are some little hijinks that I like. I like the, the clever tactic of um, uh, opening the other side of the carriage door and then the the guard who's opened the door to let them all in as like the VIP guest is like how many fucking guys were in this carriage yeah um, I like that I like that Hugh Jackman shows up and they're like drop a penny in front of him let, oh let me take your coat sir and he's like please I, I'm a, I used to be a thief I know all this shit get off me yeah none of their tricks work on it yeah no. I liked all of that but there mm. are did you like the master of the house song I found that quite a jaunty tune it's a good song. It is a good song. It's um, funny as well. It's fun. Good bit of fun. Yeah, and I like this. Like halfway, they cut the tail off the cat. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I like the fact that kind of halfway through, Helena Bonham Carter just kind of stops for a second, and she's like, "His cock is so small," and then everyone in the inn is just creasing at him. He's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> mean. Um, but yeah, he's good. Uh, I did hear Borat a few times. Did you? I heard a few Borat slips, yeah. And it made me wonder what time... What it was weird, because he was doing it again, a Cockney accent. So yeah, but that's... I the... don't know why you would have heard Borat. Maybe not, maybe, maybe not the accent so much, but like I heard the isms of Borat. Oh, okay. Maybe, I don't, maybe it's just in my head, because I know it was Sacha Baron Cohen, but mm. who knows. No, I liked it. I like, I like the, the running gag of him not knowing Cosette's name. That was yeah, fun. Yeah, that was fun. I like that. That was very funny. I enjoy Helena Bonham Carter. But sometimes I feel like <laughs> I don't know. I feel like she. I feel like she could have just been there on set one day and was like, "Ah, uh, I don't know my lines that well." And then Tom Hooper was like, 
No, that's okay. Just make some vague cockney noises and you'll be all right. Yeah. I was waiting to see how nice you'd be. If you weren't going to say it, I was. I just didn't want to oh, always yeah. be the bearer of, of of negativity on the podcast. Oh, okay. Now, be your, do, do your character assassination <laughs> of Helena Bonacar now. Go on. She's just the same, isn't she? In everything. In everything. I mean, bar, yeah. Bar maybe the crown and the king's speech. No, I just, I just think that she's very one note it's rare for her to push the boat out is what i'll say and do something unexpected she's very good at what she does she's the perfect person to walk around and be like oh i feel like we had this discussion very recently about someone else yeah like someone else who always does the same thing yeah they do it well uh martin freeman the hobbit yes yes that's exactly it yeah yeah again same point still stands they do it well do it i well. know yeah i know they do it well <laughs> so, i know like I don't see what the issue is if they do it well. It's not an issue. It's just the shtick, isn't it? And that's what they do. And that's fine, I guess. I did. It's always fun to see Pete from Gavin and Stacey. Uh, <laughs> he shows up. And if you're British, you'll know this. He shows up unannounced in so many different places. Remember when he was in Doctor Who that one time? He was in Doctor Who. He was. He's at the end of 1917, but he's in a He just shows up and goes, good job. And then leaves... <laughs> Right, he he will pop up in so many little places unannounced, yeah. and it's and it's always fun. It's great. It's always good to see Pete. It he is. always does good. Again, working class accent. Choose one you got northern or southern. So yeah, and they went northern that time. Um, what else? What else? What else? Um, Amanda Seyfried's not in it much. Yeah, it it's weird. I because I kind of see what you're saying about like you having the impression of Cosette uh, being a main character, but she's hardly in it. Really? I I took her as... She is the through line of all of the plots. Yes. She connects Anne Hathaway to Hugh Jackman, Hugh Jackman to Eddie Redmayne, and that's, you know, that's the end. She's there... Eddie Redmayne to all his gay friends. (laughs) I did enjoy just the the chorus of young gay men deciding to fight a revolution. I did like that. uh, that That was very on brand. Who's the person that plays Eddie Redmayne's friend? Uh, don't know. Eddie Redmayne's role, give it to him, he's better. Um, yeah, he is. I, I believe you're talking about Andrelas. Um, the, the ha- I mean, they're all handsome, but the, the more handsome... The more ha- the other handsome main one was... Eddie Redmayne's not handsome. I think he's, he's kind of handsome. Nah, you're straight, but he's... <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he's handsome at all. I think all right, maybe if he, maybe if he's not handsome, then he has a very good tailor who is doing good work because he's always he always looks presentable. He looks clean. Of course he does. He's fucking rich. <laughs> not in this, and he still manages to. He is though. That's oh the yeah, he is. Rich. <laughs> he's 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 a fucking again in real life. He's just a posh little noble boy <laughs> playing at <laughs> fucking revolution. Did you like the scene um, where Eddie Redmayne is running is running around and being like? I love Amanda Seyfried. And the woman yeah. who's with is just like, I want to jump off a bridge. <laughs> I hate this so much. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> and I currently want to kill myself. <laughs> yeah, it's literally what it is. This does have, this does raise some kind of nice questions. Or, or not, not nice questions, but relevant questions uh, regarding like reformation and justice and stuff like that. Um, I would argue, like you said, um, Russell Crowe, Russell Crowe's character, um, whatever, Javert, is it? Javert, yeah. Javert. With a J, yeah. But is it not pronounced Javert? Well, it's French. Javert. Is this like one of them jalapeno jalapeno situations? No, 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 it's a J. That's just the way the French pronounce J's. Like, 
John Valjean. Jean Valjean. John Valjean. Um, yeah. Jean Valjean? <laughs> wow! <laughs> um, yeah, so there's clearly... His character is very layered. Um, I would argue maybe take your foot off the pedal a bit, bro. <laughs> it's just, it a bit of bread. It's a bit of bread. It's not It's not this big of a deal. But he's like, you escape the law, you. I will fucking kill you. <laughs> Everyone you I mean, love yeah, will die. That's, that's the whole point of his character, though. I know, but he, has got he even such, says that. He's got a rock on for fucking catching you. I think, I think that he's basically just become the embarrassment for letting him escape his clutches and now he's like i've got to deal with this and he took he's... it as a personal slight but to be that worked up about I mean, a bit yeah, of bread and he's... a man skipping parole is very very weird <laughs> it's not the bread all right <laughs> he catches him and he's like spit it out <laughs> this was 19 years ago spit it out <laughs> it's more the fact that he's a, a flawed well a very flawed character and it's it's something he's just incapable of letting go. He's, yeah, that that's the one prisoner who has escaped his grasp or whatever. Yeah, and he is just fully incapable of letting go to the point where he fucking kills himself because of it. Yeah, I, I like I like that conflict too. It was like he was clearly confronted with you know he he has a whole point of saying you know you you thieves don't change blah blah blah. Um, yeah. he believes in. Justice by punishment, not justice by way of reformation and, and rehabilitation kind of thing. Um, yes. And one thing I really liked was how at the end when, when Hugh Jackman's like, you can go, just fucking leave, man. Let let this fucking, let this die. Um, and he, he just has a little sad walk to himself and he's like... If I, yeah, the thing is though, if I let it go, then I'm I'm not. I've, this has been this has been me for like thirty years now. Like this is what I do. But then he let me go, so maybe everything I believe in is a lie. Reckon I'll jump into this in, instead. Just just kill myself. Yeah. Um. Which I which I really liked. Not the man killing himself. More the conflict and and I think his character is goes on maybe the best arc in this, which I quite enjoyed. What do, what do what do you think of where you at with um Hugh Jackman Val Val Jean? What about him? Like, like his arc. I mean, he's arc, he is the main lead, right? He's the character. He's the main character. He's yeah, I'd say he's the main character. I don't think his arc is particularly compelling. No, in any way, really. It's it's not a huge amount of growth, really. It he's, all happens off screen. Yeah, yeah. He's he's like he's a prisoner, and then he's the mayor of the town, and he is like very fully formed as a character. Like once he's the mayor yeah. of the town, he's like it's all done very quickly. Really, and he doesn't change much between being the mayor and the end of the movie. No, you see him; he just kind of learns to let go of Cosette, I guess. Uh, towards the end, but that's pretty much it. Um, yeah, there's there's not a huge amount to the character there. It's it's more just the performance himself that that Hugh gives, really. Yeah, which is the best thing about it. Uh, I I think Javert is definitely the more interesting character of the two. There's more to him. There's just more to. There's explore. a lot more to him. Yeah. Yeah, Javert is definitely the one I would want to play. Um, again, it's it's just the case that it's it's unfortunate for Russell Crowe that Hugh Jackman is playing uh, Javert, uh, Jean Valjean, because well, it's Hugh Jackman. Yeah, so any any <laughs> is, is like I said, any scene you stand next to him, you just look half half as good as you are. All right, well, yes, I as overall I enjoy it. I enjoy the music. I always love. Um, singing along to Do You Hear the People Sing 
and uh, One Day More, I think are two great songs in particular. Like I say, Anne Hathaway, Anne Hathaway just absolutely kills it, steals the show, um, is gone for most of the movie, and then comes back to steal the show again in the final <laughs> five yeah. minutes. Um, so, I did, so, yeah, I, I, with regards to the ending, I did have a moment where there were, mm. I was, you know, you know, he dies and then he gets up and he fuck, he fucks off to the heavens revolution. Um, yeah. I, as Hugh Jackman was walking around, it was the court, the camera was just off of where his body was, and I was like, "What are they gonna do? What are they gonna do? <laughs> Is it gonna be dead Hugh Jackman in the chair?" And there was, and I was like, "Yeah!" But his head was his head was turned to the side. Um, yeah. I just I, I always think, wonder. I don't think it was Hugh Jackman. No, I think it was just. Yeah, it definitely wasn't. See, I mean, Hugh, he's got someone else in a wig. Yeah, other Hugh Jackman was already, but it was like it it, it was positioned such as it could never yeah. be Hugh Jackman. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and it, and it made me laugh because there's uh, one, it's not how he died. <laughs> so someone's flipped his head round. Uh, and two, I just always wonder how they're going to tackle things like that. It's like when you have a a newborn baby. Is it going to be a baby or is it going to be a doll yeah. in a blanket? It's always like at least six months old. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just always. They just fuck. They put a load of stuff on it. They're like, here's some, yeah, here's some throw goo. some baby powder on it, a bit of honey or whatever. <laughs> there you go. Look, sire, a child that is clearly too large. Look, sire, a child. Blimey! <laughs> yeah, that's a full-grown man. You know, the Spider-Man meme where it's like, it's just a boy. No older than my son. <laughs> yeah. How old's your boy? Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah, fuck me. Um, um, yes, so one thing I was going to say... Um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, you touched upon the end there, like the the, the heaven revolution. One thing I noticed... Um, <laughs> viva la Jesus. Viva la Jesus. One thing I noticed during that scene, there's a shot of Gavroche um, there where he's waving the flag, and I noticed that it's the exact same shot that they used earlier in the movie oh, really? during the Do Your People Sing uh, sequence. So they just comped him in on another thing. They, no, I think it's just the exact like didn't comp him in anywhere else. It's just like well, it's a Tom Hooper shot, so it's quite close, obviously. Yeah. So they could just put the exact same shot in <laughs> and then add the heaven glow. <laughs> I, I don't think they did that. It's literally just the same shot. It's oh. got <laughs> oh, that is there. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, what, that's one thing I noticed. And then the final thing I say, I've I've shit on Tom Hooper quite a lot. <laughs> during this episode but I will say and this isn't probably even really Tom Hooper it's more just the fucking set designers and production crew but I love the look of this because yeah. it's very it's the griminess of it and everything just feels so dirty and gross Yeah, and it, it's just really good like Earlier in the movie in particular, you know, like, uh, at the end of the day, you got all the poor people singing, and then lovely ladies, the prostitutes, and everything like that. Just Everything just looks so fucking grim, and you don't want to touch anything, because you'll probably get the plague or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it, it looks really good. They did a good job on that. I thought with the, the lovely ladies bit especially, it felt like... Um... The only way I can describe this kind of technique is the timber and alleyway, where if you go down an alleyway, it's just filled with shadows and gross stuff. Um, and her in the bonnet cars. <laughs> yeah, and always her being like, hee 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 hee. So yeah, that's 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 how I describe it. But yeah, no, you're absolutely right. This this it looks good. It sounds good. Very inventive. Um, not even inventive. You'd actually think just the normal choice for recording a musical, but apparently not. Listeners. If you have joined us halfway through, if you have skipped through, if you missed the beginning, 
we do this thing where we will watch something. I will ask and think of a hypothetical question to pose to Nathan that surrounds the idea of whatever it was that we watched. So obviously this week was Les Mis. Um, and my question to Nathan was, uh, Hugh Jackman is in trouble for bread stealing and then parole skipping, which is not that bad in the grand scheme of things. And in the spirit of giving Nathan a a chance to air his grievances with me because earlier on in this episode and day, I think he wanted to beat me up. Um, I've asked Nathan, what is the smallest grievance that he has with me or two smallest grievances that he has with me? I'll just do one. All right. That annoys, that annoys him to the extent where he would commit his life to a decade-long manhunt for me and failing being able to catch me would enrage him so much that he would kill himself. <laughs> I was thinking about this earlier. <laughs> just, just out before the question you're just like just, I fucking yeah, hate just, Lawrence when he does this just seething by myself this is going to be humbling um, for me because not only have I got to listen to it now I then also have to edit it later yep yep I actually did kind of touch upon this earlier with you as well when we was talking and I was just shouting at you <laughs> <laughs> uh Talking to you or trying to talk to you is fucking infuriating, <laughs> okay? Because, and I've said this to you before, but you enjoy having friends, yeah. but you fucking hate having to do anything about that. <laughs> you like, you like, I have friends, that's enough, okay? I don't need to talk to them. I don't need to do anything else. Yeah. Like, that's good for me. We're all great. Um, and trying to talk to you, I feel like I I call you, okay? Mm. I will always call you because I've learned that if I text you, I just won't get a response. <laughs> well, I will, but it will come like four fucking days later, okay? <laughs> and this, this is the genuine truth as well. It this is, is, yeah. No, not what I'm about to say. I'm about to say something. Oh, okay. And this is the genuine truth. I've actually done this, okay? There have been times in the past where I've been pissed off with you. Yeah. And um, for whatever reason, doesn't necessarily matter what, I've been angry with you. And I've gone, well, you know what? Fuck you. I'm going to do exactly what you're doing to me. I'm just going to not talk to you for a little while and see how you fucking like it. <laughs> and you didn't even fucking notice. Because that's that's your ideal scenario, just not talking, and you and that is so infuriating that like I punished you in that way, but you didn't it just, even fucking so, notice. So you punish me, and somehow I just double burn you. Exactly, <laughs> exactly, and yeah. All right. So you infuriate me in that respect. And is that and again? That's that's why I often call you, try to call you, um, because again, talking to you is just a fucking nightmare. Is and is that enough of a crime that you would commit your life to hunting me down over it? I guess so. Yeah. Sure. Why not? <laughs> but the question's irrelevant at this point. You needed to get that out of your system. Uh, I just needed to vent, uh, Lawrence. <laughs> if anyone listened to that. <laughs> You're here for the long haul, and we appreciate it. Um, that was quite therapeutic. I would recommend airing your grievances with your friends. <laughs> you first have to start a podcast. <laughs> you then have to do 87 episodes or whatever. <laughs> um, oh, one thing we forgot to mention. Um, last week was our two-year anniversary, so happy birthday, us. Oh, um, yay. Our podcast is two years old. 
Um, Our podcast is old enough to eat a banana, I guess. Uh, yeah, I get. Does that happen when you're two? Probably. I don't fucking know. Maybe a chopped up banana, a nice digestible uh, banana. No, I reckon they could eat a whole banana at that age. I think so. Yeah, but like, I I doubt a kid's gonna sit there and peel a banana. I mean, like, it's gonna be in bite-sized chunks for them. Maybe I'm completely wrong. We're both showing that we're clueless here. Um, I was having gourmet steak. <laughs> Fuck epic. Uh, Who's having a caviar? You know me. You know how I do in my castle. Um, Servants bringing it over. Yeah, of course. Um, <laughs> Any more? Or can I outro now? <laughs> no, please feel free. Thank you for listening. Um, if you enjoyed this, uh, we are on social media and you can give us a little follow if you'd like to check in with what we're doing. Uh, we're on TikTok, we're on Instagram, we are on Twitter at Another Happy Pod. You can also leave us a review if you're if whatever platform you listen to this has a review thing, that's great. Uh, if not, mosey on over to Spotify or Apple Podcasts and give us a little five-star review. Next week, we're going to be doing this. Do you want to be in a video from my band? See, if you're in a band, sing me a song. Take on me. Woohoo! That's a good time. I don't know. I haven't seen it. Might be a good time. Might be a bad time. I look forward to it. Nathan, you've been Nathan. I've been Lawrence. And and click right here to get stuck when eyes. No. Stop doing that. I won't. I never will. He's gonna sue us. <laughs> I don't care. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started 